Hi, welcome back to Exploring the Divine Feminine. I'm Ramona Sidway, I'm your host, and this is Season 2, Episode 21. And I'm so excited to get back into the swing of things. I've been doing a lot of research about our Heavenly Mother and our role as women in just our mission in life and our mission in the church. And I'm, I'm really excited to share all the things that I've learned with, with you over the next coming weeks. First of all, just some disclaimers. I speak about things within the context of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And anything that I talk about is is within that purview, okay? And when since we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ, that's we worship Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. So anything that I talk about, whether I talk about Eve, whether I talk about Mother in Heaven, doesn't mean that I'm suggesting that we worship her or we pray to her. Just we're understanding the echoes now that are in the scriptures about Heavenly Mother. And um, especially with the new archaeology that has been coming out and the um, scriptures like the Dead Sea Scrolls, the Nagamati Library, the Codex, that they found in Berlin. I mean, all of these wonderful, new, exciting scriptures that have come out that, you know, in the mouth of two or more witnesses shall shall things be established. And so there are more witnesses now, and they're able to put things together and to find out that, yes, there was a mother in heaven that was in the Israelite worship. So everything that... Um, we do and uh, the litmus test that we have is through the scriptures and uh, through the um the canon we've got the old testament the new testament as far as they are translated correctly we've got the book of mormon the pearl of great price and um heavenly father even told joseph smith as he was about to translate apocryphal scriptures where at that time when joseph smith was translating it was the hebrew bible and um, his neighbors worked for a lot of Protestant neighbors. They had, um, the Bible did not have those apocryphal scriptures in there, but usually the Catholic Bible did. And so he was um, going through with his Joseph Smith translation. And when he came to that, he was curious because his neighbors were like, no, this is not good. And Heavenly Father said in the Doctrine of Covenants, yes, there are good things in there, but you don't need to translate it. Um, just read it with the spirit, and I think that's what we need to do. We have to really have a good grasp on the scriptures before we can jump into the apocryphal um, scriptures, but we'll use some of that. A lot of my research comes from Margaret Barker, and uh, she's written several books about a mother in heaven. Believe it or not, she's um, she's Presbyterian, I think. And uh, she's just done a lot of fabulous research through um, studying and translating the Greek versions of the Bible and the Hebrew versions and bringing things all together. But let's get started. So today I wanted to talk about um, In Her Image. And this is something that came to me and I was so excited when I had this aha moment. Now, if you have my book, We Are Adam, I, if you don't have it, I really highly suggest that you get it. I don't do this to try and make money. Um, I, it's just things that I'm passionate about, and I want to share research that I've done. And I talk about partnership of Adam and Eve and Eve's role 
Um, and around, I think it's page 72, 70, between 72 and 76, talks about what her name was, what um, Adam called her when he first saw her. So when Eve was first presented to Adam, he, he stood up and because out of respect, and, and Heavenly Father told him to, to stand up so when he presented Eve. Eve was the last creation, the last of all the creations. And um, just we can see how she, her role and how she was treated by Heavenly Father and by Adam. And Adam didn't name her like he named all of the other uh, creations, right? But he called her by a name that he was familiar with, something that immediately came to his mind. Now, we know he called her the mother of all living. So there's some, depending on if you have a, a Greek translation, Hebrew translation, there's different words that um, are, are like Hava, Haya. They're spelled different ways, like H-A-Y-Y-A-H. There's H-A-W-W. A-H, and all of these mean mother or life giver. Um, and if you read but any research or any quotes, I footnote everything. And so you can look for yourself where I've got my information. So, but as we talk about Adam and Eve and the image that they were made in, we need to remember whose image they are made in. Now in Genesis, it reads, let us make man or mankind, man and woman, um, that's my insert, um, in our image. So a lot of mainstream Christians, they think that's just a mistake. It just doesn't mean our, it means my, or they come up with some really funky things, but it really was our image. And whose image is it? We know that Elohim, that that's the word that was used, and it's a plural form of God. So it would be more accurate to say the Elohim. So the gods, right? And we kind of take that for granted. I think as Latter-day Saints, we're like the gods. Well, it's whoever, you know, Heavenly Father, but it was made in the image of Heavenly Father and Heavenly Mother. I really believe that it's the two of them and they're talking and they're like, well, let us make man in our image Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother. So I want you to think about this. This is really cool. Heavenly Father, well, Adam, the male counterpart, he has made more in the image of Father, right? Biologically speaking. So what does that make Eve? Eve is biologically made in the image of Heavenly Mother. So if we want to know what Heavenly Mother is like, and like I said, I'm going to be discussing all of this in the upcoming weeks. And it, um, it's really exciting because there's so many echoes in the scriptures. Um, they tried really hard to write her out. Uh, and most mainstream biblical scholars 100% agree with this because there's just too much evidence. And with especially with the new scriptures that have, have, that have been found is that they did worship a Heavenly Father and a Heavenly Mother. And they were all tied to the Son, meaning Jesus Christ. And my personal opinion is one of the reasons, not the only one, but one of the reasons they tried to scrub out Heavenly Mother is she was so entwined with the Son. They had to get rid of her to get rid of the Son, uh, meaning Jesus Christ. Uh, so... Eve is made in the image 
image of mother. Well, why is this important? As you've read my book, We Are Adam, it talks about when he saw her, that he referred to her as his Isha. And Isha and Ish, so she would be the Isha. He is an Ish, I-S-H. But in all of the translations in um, in the Old Testament, the Hebrew word that was used for Adam or man was different than when he became the husband of Eve. He was not, then he becomes an Ish. Before that, he was just an earthly man. But as soon as he's married and he becomes partners with Eve, he is now an Ish. The word Hebrew word Ish is very closely tied to the Hebrew word for Esh, or the Hebrew word Esh, E-S-H. And that um, that is holy fire. That is related to fire. And not just any fire, holy fire, sacred fire. And the only types of beings that are called Ish is usually a prophet, a lord, a king, um, a patriarch, and a man who is married to a woman. So when a man marries a woman, it automatically elevates his status. He becomes sacred because she is sacred. Now she does not have, she's automatically an Isha. There's no other um, word for her before she's married. She is very sacred. So he sees her and he, what does he see? Why does he call her an Isha? Because she has this image of a bright, sacred fire. And remember, these are things that I'm getting out of my research, but she is so holy, so sacred. And Heavenly Father is presenting her to Adam and asking him to arise because she is a very sacred being and he and it's a huge gift and it's going to be integral to Adam's progression in life. Now let's go back in ancient Jewish temples um, so they they really believe that um, that there was a heavenly mother featured in ancient Jewish temples. And by the second temple period, which is around King Josiah's time, they had finally, they, it took them a while, but they had finally eradicated um, Heavenly Mother. They they took out the images and burned them. Now, I know what a lot of you are thinking, we're like, well, wait a minute, the Canaanite God and his wife Asherah, that was, they were worshiping the wrong, wrong goddess. And actually that's incorrect. They put that in, they tied her to the Canaanite god. Now the Canaanites did worship a, a Baal, the god of, of, called Baal, and uh, a goddess, but it was different than the Israelites, and they did worship a sacred mother that was very different. And what the, the elite um, editors of the Bible at that time, the Old Testament, we call them the Deuteronomy. Um, it, it came around the time of Deuteronomy, and we'd call them Deuteronomical writers. I'm sorry, I can't say that very well. And they edit her, edited her out. And so they took out the anything that represented Heavenly Mother, and that was the menorah. That was a sacred tree. And they would burn, they burned all of that. 
so the Asherah um, that's um, associated with Baal, the Israelites were not worshiping her in general. Okay, so we'll just get that out of the way. But in the ancient Jewish temples, the mother in heaven was often symbolized by fire. It's amazing. So such examples are the menorah. And there's very strong evidence because of visions from prophets like Ezekiel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and even Lehi and Nephi. Um, the, they place the menorah in the Holy of Holies. Now, all of what we have now in the Old Testament is, you know, we have the three separate rooms uh, in, in the temple. And um, we have the outer courtyard, and then there's the middle, and then there's the, um, the most sacred of places, the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies at that time, it was all gold. Um, the whole thing was gold. And then you had the mercy seat, which had the cherubim, those angels on there. And that represented the presence of the Lord. So the whole thing was gold. Now, in the, in the, temp, in the Old Testament scriptures we have now from the temple second, um, the second temple period, they took the menorah out and put it on the outside of the Holy of Holies. But strong evidence indicates from these visions that these prophets have had that the menorah was actually in the Holy of Holies, which totally makes sense because if she represents the Heavenly Mother, when she just imagined that menorah is lit, that's the um, representative of the Tree of Life. When that menorah is lit, imagine how it would all look like fire in the Holy of Holies. This room is has gold all around it, the ceiling, the walls, the floor, and how it would all look like fire. So that fire is representative, is rep uh, represents Heavenly Mother and her, her place, her space in this holy family of Heavenly Father, Heavenly Mother, and Jesus Christ, the Son. So all three of them are represented in, in the Holy of Holies. So I, I want you to imagine that in your mind of how the light is reflected off all of that, uh, all that gold. And oh, what an incredible sight. It, it looked as if, I imagine it looked as if the walls were burning, the, seal, the ceiling was burning, it was burning but not being consumed. Well, you think about another experience in the scriptures, that's Moses right? And the fire, um, the burning bush was a tree that was on fire, but not being consumed. So there is evidence that Heavenly Mother is involved. We don't know exactly how, but I'm going to share aspects of Heavenly Mother based upon the scriptures, based upon the different women in the scriptures that we are asked to focus on. And uh, once you see all of that, your your mind's just going to be blown and expanded. It's just amazing. So we talked about Ish and how when he, um, until he's married, he's just a man. But when he gets married, he is a man of holy status. So when Adam first sees Eve, so this we take this fire and we go back to the Garden of Eden. And Adam, he sees her and immediately why does he call her the mother of all living before she's had children, before either one of them have had children? Because he is recognizing that she is 
an exact image or such a close image of another being that he's already that he already knows. And that's Heavenly Mother. Does it seem so unreasonable that Heavenly Mother was walking in the garden with Heavenly Father? It's just, it's unthinkable that that wouldn't be happening. That Adam, he recognizes, well, Eve, okay, she's she's on fire, she's bright and light, um, and she is, um, she's gonna, she's a creator, like Heavenly Mother. He saw her as a creator, and he sees that. He sees that Eve, that that's who she is. So we need to remember, as we're talking about our divine heritage as women, that is not just tied into marital status or whether or not we have children yet or if our children are older. Because that time that we have small children, that we're raising them in our home, it's a short time. But we are creators. We are revivers. We, um, and this is the way Margaret Barker explains it. And I just, I love this. We use this word, Hava, and you know, the mother of all living. It can also mean revival, new life. As in Isaiah 57, 10, if you read that, you found new life for your strength. And so you were not faint. And it's not an accident that Isaiah uses this specific word and that Eve is called that specific word because women are part of our divine mission as we bring life. We revive people, relationships, society, communities, whatever. We revive them and bring them strength when they are feeling faint. And so we need that divine feminine with the masculine we are an important key element and it needs to be a partnership because it's it's not just one without the other. You can't have a masculine without the feminine or the feminine without the masculine. And the root verb means to live, to have life, to sustain life, to revive from death. And that also is that Hebrew word is used in Isaiah 26 verse 19. And it's interesting as you go through, especially Isaiah he was a poet and he was a master of this language. And so the the words he uses, um, it would bring images into the reader's mind and into the listener's mind uh, of more than one metaphor, more than one symbol. And he actually, there's a lot about, a lot of echoes in Isaiah about Heavenly Mother, about the Divine Feminine, which is amazing. Also includes such meanings as living water, flowing or fresh, most familiar in the Greek equivalents, living water, which is in James 4.10, or the water of life, Revelation 22, verse 1. Revelation is, is, is amazing, too. It has a lot of echoes in there. So Eve is a life giver. And if she is a strong image of her Heavenly Mother, Heavenly Mother is a life giver. Heavenly Mother is um, offers revival. And so we offer revival. If we want to know what our mission is, yes, we worship Heavenly Father. And we do it through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the center of our religion. I'm not trying to replace him with Heavenly Mother. I'm just trying to learn more about divine feminine through the scriptures 
and I've talked about it and we'll talk about it more in the future, how we can learn more about our divine feminine through Jesus Christ. And that's the main focus. This is what we're supposed to be doing here on this earth life is finding out more about Jesus Christ, increasing our relationship with him and following his example through the way we live, the commandments we keep and the covenants that we make. But I also like doing research. I like discussing theology and how that relates to me and my life. And I don't wander from the scriptures. I don't wander from the revelations that have been revealed in our time through our modern day prophets. And one of the big revelations is the idea of heavenly parents. I mean, that's, it's, it's mind opening. I mean, you think about when Joseph Smith had his, his first vision, and there is some echoes that Heavenly Mother was there too with that bright light, that bright fire. But um, the idea that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ were two separate beings, that was mind-blowing for that day and time. And that was new revelation. And today we have Heavenly Parents, and, and there's more talk about that. But it doesn't make me feel bad that there's not as much talk as perhaps that I think a lot of women would like because we don't discuss Heavenly Father as much except in the context of Jesus Christ. And as I've studied things about the ancient Israelite religion before the um, first temple period or around that first temple period is that everything was in the context um, everything pointed to Jesus Christ. So what Heavenly Mother, what she does, and everything she um, stood for at that time, everything pointed to her son. And we'll see that And when we go and talk more about the vision of Lehi and Nephi's, um, the guide talked to him and explained things about Lehi's vision and of the tree of life and the great and spacious building. That's an amazing vision that I can't wait to, for us to talk about. And one of the obscure titles that they found for the mother in heaven, they call her the lady in the temple, which and they have a lot of different uh, names for her. And in my new book that's coming out, I, I talk about the different titles for Heavenly Mother. And once you see these things, you it it opens up a lot. It's it's pretty amazing. But one of the obscure titles for Lady in the Temple is the woman who creates. So um, Ezekiel talks about this. It's just it's just amazing. The echoes are there and it doesn't take anything away from Jesus Christ. It doesn't take anything away from Heavenly Father. And once again, putting in, I want to reiterate, I am not saying that we pray to Heavenly Mother. That doesn't mean that we won't in the future. It doesn't mean we will. But that has to come through a prophet. That has to come. And the prophet, the last um, word we have from a, a prophet was President Hinckley, who did his own research and prayed about it. And he said, that from what he knows at that time that we don't pray to Heavenly Mother. And that's that's good enough for me. Um, I think the continuing revelation that we're that's going to be coming is um, that is coming is 
more and more understanding of the priesthood and more and more understanding of the role of women. And it's not new doctrine. It's just an, um, I believe that the continuing revelation is a, a better understanding. And we're getting that. It, it's, it's amazing. And women have an incredible incredible role in this in all of this and it's different than uh it's different than men but yet we're partners we 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 go hand in hand we're holding hands and we're we're creating together we're guiding together we are helping people receive their covenants together in the temple we are a covenant making and a covenant keeping people and i am grateful for all of that knowledge that I'm getting about Heavenly Mother and and if you can see um, read that read my book we are Adam read about um, in Genesis about Adam and Eve and look with that eye um, with that um, with that through that lens that Eve is in the image of Heavenly Mother well, what does that mean Heavenly Mother is is fire, sacred fire. She's light. She she gives life. And it's more than, I mean, yes, it is creating children. And it's incredibly sacred and beautiful. And that was my most proud moments. And the thing I'm the most proud of is my children. But the creating and reviving. And she revived Adam. She gave Adam life in so many different symbolic ways. And so that is a better understanding of Heavenly Mother. And I I hope I'm making sense with all that. That's it for today. I am so grateful for my listeners. I um, ask for you to please subscribe in any place that, um, that you normally listen to podcasts. And leave a review on your podcast site about this uh, about this podcast. I would really appreciate it. Positive review would be fabulous and be totally awesome. And for um, people on YouTube, thank you so much for joining me. I'm just getting started with that. And I also encourage you to follow me on Instagram. Um, exploring the Divine Feminine. You can also follow me as Ramona Sinaway author and with some of the other things that I'm I'm working on and, and writing. And I'm also on Facebook. We have a private group exploring the Divine Feminine. You do, it is private, and you do have to be let in. I'm trying to keep out the trolls as much as possible with that because of the sacred nature of the topics that we talk about. And some people are just icky and um, I'm trying to keep out those trolls so that we can have a safe space as we discuss these things so once again thank you so much for joining me and if you have any questions please don't hesitate to reach out to me if you want to sign up for my newsletter go to my website RamonaSitaway.com and if you sign up in the um, the middle landing page you can get a free workbook um, on finding your divine mission that I wrote that's free for you for just signing up for my newsletter I will be sending out weekly um, a weekly newsletter and will just be short cool things that I found in my research about divine feminine about heavenly mother about Eve about womanhood about the priesthood 
and uh, my testimony of the priesthood has just gone through the roof and I'm so grateful for the priesthood. I'm so grateful for the men in the church that honor the priesthood, that keep those covenants and I do not take that for granted and I'm so grateful for these these men in our life, in our lives that help us with these, be able to partake of these covenants and to return to our heavenly parents. So have an amazing day and thank you so much for joining me. Bye.